Well, well, well. It's first off, you're wrong, and we're back. A podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to fix them. I am Luke. With me is Jeremiah. Hi. Last week, we had business ethics. Business. And you were really rude. All week long, all I thought about is how you said that Luke's list was terrible. Did I say that? You did. And I left it in there. Wait. No, I think I edited that out. (laughs) (laughs) But it still hurt my feelings. Anyway, I haven't even told my friend that we did that one. So I probably need to uh, possibly tell him and uh, let him know that uh, he could go listen to that. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Either one. Um, But with that, uh, hit him with a disclaimer. All right, as you guys know, this podcast is mainly opinion-based. Of course, as Christians, our utmost authority is Scripture. However, some of the stuff we talk about is not necessarily... Uh, it might be something that's not black and white Christian life. It might be more of a gray area or might not be directly addressed. So our goal is to make you come away thinking about new things or making maybe thinking about things more clearly you may have thought of in the past. With that said, Luke... What are people wrong about this week? This week, people are wrong about Christian nationalism. Wow, this, you racist. This episode is more of the definition of, I guess, what we think we would we would say the definition is, because apparently no one has a definitive definition. I have a couple of them oh, yeah. written down uh, from places like CNN, places like Deconstruction Podcast, or not, no, Deconversion Podcast, I can't remember their name. Do you have, do you have one from Vice? I have a feeling Vice I didn't, I, I did see Vice had, I, they, they did something, a video about it, but I didn't really look into that. I have, of course, Doug Wilson and Stephen Wolf's versions of what that is, and then I have Wikipedia, I think. <laughs> I have a feeling so, Wikipedia is going to be the best one when, that when we Wikipedia have. Wikipedia <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't totally horrible. Anyway, so um, you're a Christian nationalist, a big staunch one. So what do you? What is it? Wow. <laughs> what does it mean to you? So Luke, Luke touched on this a second ago, but the the point we're we're going to do a couple episodes about this just because it's so divisive uh, as a topic, and it's so there's so many different facets of this to cover. And really, the main point of this episode is just, what is Christian nationalism? And the fact that we can fill up one whole episode on this is just, it it speaks volumes to the fact that you can't just go around throwing this term out and saying, oh yeah, I'm a Christian nationalist. Because what does that mean? Well, that's the problem. I think that words matter, right? So, um, and in this society, they don't. And pretty much it becomes the battle of, there's words, and when when the opposition, I guess you could call them, they define it, um, then the other side has to sit there and fight back to try to take back the word, even though it's now already been defined by the other side. Exactly. So we have problems back and forth because you have people that are Christian nationalists being like, no, 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 that's not the, what it is. And then you have people that... Um, oppose Christian nationalism or just don't like Christians in general and they're like no no this is what it means it's racism it's this it's that whatever and of course we'll get into that too but yeah what yeah you and you know the I think the best place to start is that what you just said that this is not a definition from Christians this is a definition that was popularized and brought about from the world to throw against people and throw Christianity in the mix because uh, you know you can make fun of three groups of people pretty easily 
whites, Christians, and nationalists. So if you can throw all three of those, <laughs> yeah. you get a really yeah. easy way to tarnish someone's reputation. Because, you know, like me, I'm white. All right, there's there's one thing that someone can levy against me. Oh, no. Um, the other thing, I'm, I'm a Christian, right? Yeah. Okay, you can you can throw that accusation my way. I, I'm okay with being called both of those things so far. Do you like your country? And you know what? I just got out of the army. <laughs> I guess you like your I, country. I enjoy the United States. I I like going to Fourth July Fourth of July parades and watching fireworks and Veterans having Day. A great time. That's Veterans coming up. Day. Monday. Veterans Day is coming up. Uh, Saturday. Wow. Saturday, of course. Wow. No, observed on Monday. Yes, observed. But. Calm down. Um, I know things. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your service. Uh, thank you for your support. Um, <laughs> but the it, it, so for me, all three of those things could be thrown my way. But am I a Christian nationalist? I would if if someone were to walk up to me and ask what you asked me, are uh, you know are you a Christian nationalist or you're a Christian nationalist? I would say no. But if someone were to walk up to me and say hey are you a christian yeah hey are you a nationalist yeah okay well i i I like the united states i'm a fan uh i think that we are the the greatest country to ever exist that would make you a nationalist right there and i believe that there's you know some great stuff i'm not not making fun of you i'm just saying like what those that opinion that you just said it it makes you a nationalist because it's not I think there's a problem a lot with a lot of like boomer Christians, um, you know, quote unquote Christians, is like their love of this country. Like it's not a, lo- yeah. it's like a ridiculous. If they loved God as much as they loved this country, I mean, think of the amount of things that could possibly get done um, for God's kingdom, and that's that's a huge issue I see where it's like the nationalism thing. Is, is looked at more of a love of country as opposed to, yeah. I look at my country, I say, this is the greatest country that has ever existed. I am a part of it. However. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the, the things that come from it. I like I like living here. I like what we're, I like not what we're doing. No, trust me, I don't like a lot of things that we're doing. But there's some things I like we're doing. We have the freedom to do a lot of things that no one else has. Yeah. So it's a very, very good thing for God's people to have this country. Now, the problem is, do I love this country like what is described mostly in nationalism? No, because, you know, I can't serve two masters. I can't serve a country. Again, it's not like, oh, going and serving in the army or something. But, like, I can't sit here and just be like, I have to put America first no matter what in my life. It's it's God first and, like, family. And then we can go with our country if that's what you want to do. Well, and, you know, if I was, if I was, I don't know, Polish. Mm-hmm. If I if I was born and raised in Poland and that's all I'd known and I was a Christian in Poland and I'm, you know what I love Poland Poland is the greatest country in the world Poland is awesome it's great to be Polish it's great to be a, 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 a you know you love that out Polish there eating stuff, kielbasa yeah. and pierogi and having a great time do they do uh, sauerkraut or is that only wow. German wow wow <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm not even gonna comment on all that right all right whatever dude no, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know kielbasa and pierogi and red cabbage and probably sour. Red cabbage, yeah. Oh, dude, I love red cabbage. I can't red deal cab- with, with the apples the too. The pickle, Ooh. pickle yeah. stuff. No, yeah. no, it's great, gross. Um, All right, go ahead. Regardless, you go know, with your Polish stuff. Could I? Uh, Christian nationalism is not reserved to the United States as a term because if you take it to the fullest extent, 
you could be a Polish Christian nationalist. You could be a Chinese Christian nationalist, right? If you took the same ideas of, you know what, I want to overthrow the government with my radical Christian ideology and take that to China, is that a bad thing, right? So there, you can't make it exclusive because the same standard that's being applied to the U.S. should is applied to people could be applied to people worldwide. But there is a problem in that because this is not a worldwide thing. Right. This is almost mutually exclusive to the U.S. I've seen some British people, people in the U.K. doing a similar thing where it's not saying that Christ is Lord. It's saying that we need to overthrow the government and impose our version of what we think Christianity is, which is often a cultural Christianity, Southern Baptist, dispensational uh, theocracy, that small t theocracy, right? It's not governance in the way that the Bible outlines the spheres of sovereignty, right? It's not the you have the family, you have the church, and you have the government. The government is the sword, and it is used for punishment, and it's used for correction. It's used to govern the world. However, it is in subjugation to God at all times, just like the family is in subjugation to God, and the church is in subjugation to God. So when we get ahead of ourselves and say, oh, well, you know, we want to, you know, do all this stuff and make the government the church, essentially, that's that's going against so much of uh, of what is spoken of in the in the Bible. Well, are you going to come sit down and talk about Christian nationalism? All right. So we had a random guest walk in. We're recording in a uh, anonymous location, and he just walked in. So I'm going to give him two minutes, and uh, he's going to he wishes to remain anonymous, but I think this will be a good um, a good thing to go along with what we're saying here of how. Uh, difficult it is to pin down what we're talking about. So, are you a Christian nationalist? No. What is Christian nationalism? Someone that identifies as a Christian by cultural standards or heritage, not necessarily by the biblical definition of what a Christian is. Okay. So, would it be Christian nationalism for someone to overthrow the government because of abortion i don't think so it depends you probably have a spectrum of people that would use that Mm -hmm. um and say that but i guess it depends on whether you're saying are there people that are using that as a as a case to do that are they um or is there an extremist form of christian nationalism that is utilizing that yeah be my question back yeah, and that, I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> but um, the, the, the point we're trying to nail down here is that so many people throw the term Christian nationalism out there, but they don't, everyone has their own separate definition for it. Sure. And it, it's so hard to nail down what people are talking about. So when you say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian nationalist, does that mean you separate from, you know, you have the church? I worship the Lord. I recognize that he is sovereign. God is also sovereign over the government and over the kings and the rulers. You know, the Great Commission, all authority is given to me on earth and in heaven. And, you know, 
he's he's Lord of the church just like he's Lord of the world? Or are you saying that because I read this, I'm going to go ha- go out and take over the Capitol building or I'm going to go do this? Are you petitioning the government for, you know, sending a redress of g- grievances to the government, doing what John MacArthur did and suing the government for unjust laws? Or are you going out and just outright breaking laws that the government has a right to enforce because, you know what, I'm a Christian and I, I can, you know, I don't ha- I'm subject to God, not man, right? So there is a weird storm of things going around that people don't nail down when they're talking about Christian nationalism. That's why I wanted to ask you. Are you a Christian nationalist? <laughs> but yeah, the, I, I hate to say that I'm at any modifier yeah. to the word Christian, you know. But yeah, when you think about Christian nationalism, you think about people who who use Christianity to propagate certain beliefs that they have, rather yeah. than uh, submitting to true uh, Christian doctrine. That's kind of how I think about it. People are using uh, the Bible or whatever it may be to you know propagate what they want to happen whether that's in government mm-hmm. or in their personal lives yeah i think you know there's uh like lauren bobert she's someone who is very outspoken on the christian nationalist front and then she's out doing illicit things with her boyfriend in the middle of a play in public with children around and now she is the face of christian nationalism and the important thing at the beginning of that is Christian. So now people can throw things the way of Christians because Lauren Boebert, who has no uh, fruit or of salvation if she is a Christian, is now the face of that. And that's just destroying the testimony that people could have. And that's, that's, that's where I get so upset by people just throwing around this term. And uh, Josh Bice uh, on a G3 panel recently said, and he had a quote, it said, is Christian not enough? Do we, do we have to add nationalist to it? And I, I like that. I mean, I don't understand why you have to add modifiers. Well, our guest said, <laughs> I got you. What our guest said, something he said is very, it stuck out a lot to me was the identifier thing. Yeah. So, Christian nationalists, not just Christian. It's it's the same thing where when people where they identify as something else, like homosexual or something. Well, what are you? Oh, I'm homosexual. I'm whatever. That's your identifier, which mm-hmm. you know goes to the fact where it's like, well, you know, how can can you be Christian and still practice something like that? And the answer is no, because this is what I identify my life as. Okay, this is this is my my sole identity. This is what I follow. And that's how it's going to be. And I think that a lot of times when you listen to people that talk about Christian nationalism, they're not, they talk so much about like, you know, we're going to make it a Christian country, a Christian state or whatever. And this becomes their identity as opposed to, I'm just the Christian. And like you said, it's why is a Christian just not enough? All right. So after our nice guest has left us, um, let's get into some definitions of what Christian nationalism is. So, from the deconversion, um, what's it called, podcast, I'm pretty sure they took this from CNN, 
So this is the belief that American America is defined by Christianity. The government should take steps to keep it that way. And the U.S. has a God-given destiny. So a, a big thing that a lot of actual, I'd say, when I when I think Christian nationalists, I'm just going to go with everyone pretty much at Canon Plus, or sorry, at Canon Press, um, <laughs> and everyone that's like, that's pretty much post-mill. Yeah. So... Because again, my oh, I was talking to my other cousin. He's his church is in the Southern Baptist Convention, um, and actually, Doug Wilson has a, every Jim uh, Jam that he does is about my cousin's pastor. It's hilarious. I didn't know that until he came down and told me. I was like, oh, cool. So I went and watched all of them. Hmm. Um, but th- th- that's who I look at as, like I said, the post mills. And so my cousin came down. He was talking to me about it, and he's like, you know, when you guys talk about Christian national, you're going to have to talk about like these views because it's not just a, a thing of oh is it what's christian nationalism do we agree with it all right we're done like you know it's a five-minute conversation that's why we're trying to do this over a few episodes is because there's so much to talk about besides just the the fact of christian nationalism well the it gets deeper and deeper and deeper as we go if you're taking the view that christian nationalism is you know it it is fulfilled in a lot of prophecy in the Bible, or a lot of the prophecy in the Bible is fulfilled by the United States. Is there is there the possibility that there are things in the Bible which are specific reference to the United States? Is it possible? Is it possible? Sure, sure. Is it? I got it right. Is Finally, it, <laughs> thank you. Is it, is it a definite look? This is what it is. No, absolutely not. We can't no. play that. Uh, that. Um, biblical algebra game that a lot of people get into where they start taking the you know you take this these verses from daniel and you take the number of letters in that verse and subtract it from the number of letters in the verse that it references over here and you get the six and that's the six and six 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 which is the mark of the beast which means the covid vaccine is the i was mark about of the to beast, say in the covid vaccine right? yeah. so we can't we can't play those games. We can't play newspaper uh, eschatology games where anytime something happens with Israel, this is the mark of the end times. A red heifer was just born. Go go on TikTok right now. That's literally all that's there about it. It's, it's just people. It's the end. Look, this happened. Look, they uncovered this. And it's like, dude, stop. And the thing that we have to remember is every step of the way since Christ ascended into heaven Every Christian has held the view that they are living in the end times. You look at the specific writings. You look at First and Second Thessalonians. Paul had to say, "Have you forgotten what I told you about the 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 end of the age?" And he makes specific reference to, "You're forgetting everything that I told you. Remember what I told you. Right. This is not happening now." And even then, we're living in the end times. Flash forward four or five hundred years, living in the end times. Every Christian has had held that view up through history, just because that's 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 the way that we have to live. We have to live like we're it, it could come to an end tomorrow, and it needs to give us that sense of urgency to get out and share the gospel. Yeah, it's not it's not the the sense of hey, I'm gonna get raptured away, so yeah. I just need to sit back, relax, and wait on Jesus. And that's what Martin Luther said. Someone asked Martin Luther, and I, I actually wrote down the quote so I wouldn't get it wrong. Okay. Uh, they said they someone asked Martin Luther if you knew Jesus was gonna come back tomorrow, what would you do? He answered and said, "Plant a tree." So Martin Luther said, if Jesus was going to come back tomorrow, I would plant a tree today. 
So we have to live like Jesus is going to come back tomorrow, the next second. We have to have that mentality when we're going out and witnessing to the world. However, we are still here. So plant trees, plant families, do what you can, invest in in your business, invest in your family, invest your time wisely, but live uh, quorum Deo in the face of God. Right. Okay. Let's get back to this definition. Yes. So we got the far des- afield from where we. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> no, you're fine. That's fine. I'm, you just, you just, you just go, man. I'll let you rant. You, you feel like you need to. You, I feel like you need to say some stuff. So the U.S. has a God-given destiny. I think that this is a problem with a lot of people. They look at a different um, viewpoint, uh, a false viewpoint of we are like a chosen nation, chosen country, kind of like Israel was. Um, kind of like Israel, like Israel was, um, but that, that's just ridiculous. Um, we are blessed, uh, beyond belief. I mean, you could say that Rome, the Roman empire was blessed beyond belief too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ran, I don't know how many hundreds of years it was around. I still think longer than we, we are, uh, the United States has been about 350 years. Yeah. So we're like that. Yeah. So whatever. we're closing. Apparently in on. I'm not one of those guys that thinks about the Roman empire every day. Um, you know, my wife asked me that question and I said, you know, I, the only time I really, cause apparently guys are supposed to think about that because it's like, wow, it's like we're men and we think about like, you know, being the king or being whatever. And I was like, no, cause usually I'll be watching like something on history channel, like YouTube yeah. or something. And it will come up, and I'm like, oh, or I'm reading the Bible, and it's like I'm talking about all the emperors, and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, I had to say, yeah, every day, because you know how many times I see a stick, and I'm like, that would make a, that's like perfect gladius length. <laughs> I could, so you do think of it, yeah. okay? There it is, okay. But like the the big thing is that a lot of people think that we are a chosen nation. We're 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 the chosen, and it's again, it's it's just not true. We are a blessed nation. We are a very powerful nation. We are the best nation that is around, I'd say, in the world at this point, even though look how degenerate we are. The the thing that makes us so great is our freedom, though. Mm-hmm. The freedom of our religion, the freedom of our speech. And that that is one of those things where, and we'll get into it in the next episodes, because that's one of those things with, with freedom of speech and with freedom of religion, that is a big point of people that are Christian nationalists um, in the probably the middle ground, not the the wishy washy like yeah sure I like you know my country and I'm Jesus or I love Jesus too, and then you have the radical ones like we're gonna go take down the entire government. The ones in the middle they use this because they're like what what secular nation would allow that? Yeah. And, that and and again we'll get into that because that's a huge you know rabbit hole thing down we're gonna have to go so and that that sentence made no sense that's a huge rabbit hole we're gonna have to go down jimmy um do you have any definitions on yours i i have definitions in in a sense so i was thinking about it there there's there's modern christian nationalism which i think is what we're looking at now Mm -hmm. and christian nationalism is a modern term it's a modern definition but the specific modern Christian nationalism that we think of today, uh, it, it, I wrote down it's it's nationalism under the guise of Christianity, okay. right? It's country first, and we use God as political means to get to where we're going, and you know you, you're p- furthering your political agenda on the back of Christ, right? You're not using Christ 
you're, you're not honoring Christ first and then allowing him to choose where your political stance will be. And this would be your definition? This is Yeah, this is not okay. a definition okay. I got from somewhere. This is just in my own viewing of these people. And I was thinking specifically of someone like Ted Cruz or okay. Lauren Boebert, who I talked about earlier. You can have, they might be great politicians. You, you didn't talk about it earlier because that was all cut out. That was all cut out. <laughs> but think about Ted Cruz or Lauren Boebert. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Um, Trump. Donald Trump. Um, Biden. Biden does yeah, it. Yeah, Biden does it. He, he says that he's a good Catholic. Nancy Pelosi says that she's yep. a good Catholic, even though good she's being Nance. denied communion. Um, I think he's denied communion, too. I, I, would, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Go but ahead. regardless, they're, they're using Christianity, they're using religion as a means to an end for their own political gain. Uh Donald Trump in at Liberty University to to Timothy or whatever he's to said. Corinthian to Corinthian, um, doing stuff like that where he's n- Donald Trump is living such a life of debauchery and sin that it is ridiculous for anyone to even deign to give him the title of Christianity. You can say he is a great pre- he was a great president, which I could not disagree with you with. I liked paying ninety seven cents a, do- uh, a gallon for gas. When are um, you paying ninety seven cents a gallon? <laughs> I paid ninety seven cents a gallon for gas. No one way. time in my life. Where twenty seventeen on Valleydale Road? Yeah, ninety seven. The Circle K, ninety seven cents. I thought it was an error when I pulled in on the sign. I thought it was like, that's crazy, dude. I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't pay that. Yeah. That was the best price I've ever seen for gas. Okay, yeah. But no, but one hundred percent what you said. There's not. Like, I can. Every, I can everyone have, takes the whole president thing, and they're like, "Oh, you're just bashing him." No, it's we're, we're we're talking from a Christian point of view. Like when you sit there and you say, "I'm a Christian," "I'm an evangelical," and then you have all these guys and these, you know, the not not what's what's his name? Um, he passed away. His son does it now. You talk about him all the time. Oh, Stanley? Andy Stanley? No, not Charles Andy Stanley. Stanley. No, the other one, the biggest one. How can I not remember his name? Did all the revivals and stuff, old dude. Graham? Graham, thank Billy you. Billy Graham? Billy Graham and his son, where they always go, and oh, no, 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 he's a Republican, so he's obviously a Christian. He's just a young Christian. That's my favorite one. He's just, yeah. he's, he's just a young, he's an immature Christian. Come on, guys. It's like, no, he's, 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 using, like, he's using Christianity to get to where he wants to go in politics. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. And it's the same thing with the Ted Cruz. It's the same thing with the Lauren, Lauren Bobart, whatever. Um, all those people. Uh, Mar- Marjorie Marie Taylor, whatever her Stephen name is. Crowder. Stephen Crowder. Yeah, yeah, Stephen Crowder even. Yeah, I mean, it's that. That's that's a very good point. Those people will use it in a way to just make it so that they get the evangelicals to vote for them. Yeah. When I look at the definition and my definition of Christian nationalism, I don't I see those people and I would say those are the ones that are like the ones just using the good that can come from everything that Christian nationalism possibly could be to then just do something selfish, which is what happens everything with humans do. Anything mm-hmm. humans do, we take it, we destroy it, we use it for our own devices. Um which is one thing I brought up with my cousin about Christian nationalism in general. Um, and again, in another episode, we'll get into like what he was saying about that and what I was saying. And I look at it where it's, again, it's taking, it is it is electing, it, this is my view, it's electing actual Christians to go to places like Congress, and not just Congress, because again, if you look at Congress, what does the Constitution say? It says that Congress shall make no laws 
when it comes to religious freedoms or religion, sorry. So electing them to your state representatives, electing them to your governorships, electing them to your whatever it is. Put Christians in, actual Christians, not the ones that just like, you know, like we're just describing, use... Not cultural Christians. Yeah, yes, exactly. Was it nominal? Is that the word for it yeah. too? So it's not sending those people to Washington. And again, it's not sending people to Washington and going, now make it where all we, Christianity is the only thing that's allowed and now we're going to start persecuting all the other religions. Um, that's not what we're asking for. That's not what I think that majority of actual people that believe in Christian nationalism believe. I think that what they want is they want more Christians in charge and they want us turning from the awful things that are happening, where whether that is abortions or gay marriage or the the murders in the in the inner cities and and the, the the complete and utter debauchery going on everywhere where nothing is being done about it. Look at San Francisco. Look at Chicago. Look at uh, New York. Look at Los Angeles. The, they want people sent into government positions to take back to take back our country because they believe that we were a Christian nation to begin with. We were founded on Christian principles, and we and we are we were a Christian nation, and they want to take it back. And they want to make us a Christian nation again. I mean, does that mean putting prayer back into schools? Sure, I guess so. Um, but I think a lot of Christian nationalism is is not so... It's, it's destroyed by people like the people you're talking about, the politicians mm-hmm. and mostly just politicians. Yeah. And, and then it's... Then the other side that's completely against Christianity uses it as a way to bring about racism, talk about racism, white supremacy. Um, you know, they're trying to, you know, take away all of our rights and they want to be, have a theocracy. And again, I think on this podcast, we've talked about it so much and I'm going to end this rant here is that you have two extreme sides and then you have something in the middle. And usually in the middle is where you're going to find the answer of what something mm-hmm. actually is. Yeah. And for, for me, what I see is, you, you look at the example set in the Bible, and you look at the, the prophets that would go and declare can you, can you to the pause? rulers. I literally just got a text message saying, friends, it's Joe Biden. <laughs> My team now needs you. <laughs> They're listening. That's hilarious. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's really funny because I just got an email saying, Speaker Mike Johnson, here is where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we gotta they're leave coming after us. <laughs> Say a prayer. You look at the example set in the Old Testament, and you mm-hmm. look at the prophets. They would go to the rulers of the day, and they would declare, "This is the judgment of the Lord that is coming to you if you continue down this path." I literally just read First um, Samuel, and that's yeah. like literally what Samuel says to Saul, and what everyone says to Saul, and what God tells David what to do. And should I go kill these people? Yeah. Should I not? Should I kill Saul now? While everyone else is telling him to do something, and God is divinely being like, no, you're not going to do this, mm-hmm. or yes, you are going to do this. John the Baptist did the same thing yeah. to the religious and the government leaders. Uh, Jesus did the same thing to the religious and the government leaders of the day. You look at all the examples that have been set for you, all the way to to Paul, you know, who, who did the same things. All of these people set this example of how you are to behave to your government. And Jesus specifically, you know, when he's trying to get caught in the trap of, you know, are we supposed to pay taxes to Caesar? You know, render unto Caesar is that which is Caesar, and unto God that which is God's. When you look at that, that example of 
This is Caesar's domain, right? Caesar is using his right as the uh, the leader that has been appointed by God, and as such, he has told you that you are going to pay tax. And you know what? Pay tax. That's Caesar's right as the sword, as, as the government. However, where it starts to get into trouble is when Caesar goes outside of his sphere of sovereignty, his domain. And most recently is the example of John MacArthur. John MacArthur went out, uh, was persecuted by the state of California, and he wound up suing the state of California because he realized we stopped holding in-person services for the church as the state directed. However, the strip clubs and bars are open right now, but the church is still closed. So I'm going to open church back up and there's nothing that the government can do to stop me because the government does not have the right to tell me I cannot hold services, right? So as Christians, we have a right to defy the government. We have a, we have not just a right, we have the command to defy the government in specific circumstances, very specific. The, the Great Commission... All authority has been given un- it has been given to me on earth and in heaven. Therefore, go and preach the gospel to every nation, making disciples. All authority on earth and in heaven has been given to Christ. So it doesn't matter what the government is saying. North Korea says we will not allow missionaries in. Russia, China, any of these nations are saying we will not allow missionaries in. You may not preach the gospel. As a Christian, I don't care what North Korea is saying about preaching the gospel. I don't. And you know what? Let's go out and we'll send some radio waves because every citizen in North Korea has a radio. That's that's the law in North Korea. Every single citizen has a radio. So let's start blasting as many gospel hymns, as many uh, the North Korean Bible. We'll start blasting that into North Korea as best as we can because you know what? I don't care what North Korea. I don't care what the Kim family says. This is Christ's domain, not his. And I think that our guest made a good point where it's the Bible doesn't ordain for us to go and topple a government in the name of Christ. No. And we're not, I don't think you or I are sitting here. I'm going to assume that you and I are not going to sit here and say, yeah, what, what needs to happen is we need to go and topple our government, make it Christian, and kill everyone that doesn't believe in God, and and take over and have our theocracy. Well, how many how many Christians were dipped in wax and burned as candles in Nero's uh, garden? Lots. How many how many Christians how many Christians were killed by other Christians because they refused to baptize their children? That's that's where it gets sketchy for me is this idea of sacralism. Martin Luther, again, bringing him up. Martin Luther, great, great reformer. There was a man named Fritz Erba who was thrown into a well and imprisoned there and eventually died, was killed because he refused to baptize infants. And Martin Luther knew he was down there. And when he was asked, should we take Fritz Erba out? He refused to make a statement on it condemning Fritz Erba. Because of his lack of, he, he he knew he was down there. Martin Luther refused to say whether or not they should take him out when he was asked. 
And because of that, Fritz Erba died in a hole because he did not baptize his children. So when we want to talk about Christian nationalism, what Christian nationalism are we going to talk about? Because if the Presbyterians get in charge, I love Presbyterians. They're, they're the best. They're the nerdiest people out there. And I really, I get along with them great. And I don't, I would not assume this of any Presbyterian, but you have to recognize there is a history of that where the Presbyterians killed the Baptists because of their belief. There's a history of the Catholics murdering Presby- uh, Protestants. Next episode. All that. Next episode. You cannot, you're giving away too much stuff. Okay? But this, this sacralism is an important thing to know that that has been around since the Reformation. Right. So we have to be careful when we say, yeah, let's overthrow the government because who is overthrowing the government? Who is going to be in charge and who is making the laws? But I'm just saying, I think that the majority of people that are, quote, Christian nationalists are not thinking that. I don't think that they're thinking that. I think that no, a lot. They aren't. I, I think a lot of them are thinking more of what is along the lines of electing the correct people to go into government to then do what is what do what Christians are supposed to do. Yeah, and and it's again our guest made made that thing where it's like no because it's like it's it's you know God hasn't ordained the United States for whatever, and he's right. And I'm saying. I don't think that that's what Christian nationalism is. I think that Christian nationalism is completely hijacked by some people. Yeah. I think that it is completely confused. And I think that it needs to be well-defined by Christians of what exactly it is, which is it is us as Christians wanting our nation to be more Christ-like. Now, our nation is not inherently, I think this is a, a, a whatever, uh, an argument by Doug Wilson that, you know, our nation is not a living being that can be saved or whatever. Again, but we would, I would say and argue that I would want my nation that I live in to follow biblical standards and do things in a fair biblical manner. And that's how it needs to be. And, you know, if laws are put in place by a government, they need to be followed or they need to be actually, you know, tried and judged on the basis of is this with the law or was this is this not with the law with people that are that have good character are in position like judgeships and and senators and and congressmen and state senators and all that stuff that's what i think more is what christian nationalism is now i have i literally went and watched stephen wolf with doug will stephen wolf is if you guys do not know is the man that made uh, the case for Christian nationalism, can impress. Uh, my boy Doug sat down with him and talked, and I watched the YouTube video and word like just sat there like pausing every ten seconds to like write down what his definition, because you know you listen to these people and they give you a definition and then they're like all over the place and then you're like what was the definition again? So I wrote it down. In his words, Christian nationalism it. Christian nationalism is a Christian nation that is self-conscious of itself as a Christian people, and they are saying to themselves, quote, we want to arrange ourselves or order ourselves for good, and that good includes not just the temporal life, but also the spiritual life or heavenly good as well. I, 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 I have a very hard time following him when he said it, and I have a hard time reading it and following it. I I have not read Stephen Wolf's book. I have no intention of either. reading Stephen Wolf's book. Heard a lot of people talk about it. I've listened to the reviews of the book, and anytime I think of him now, 
Mm-hmm. All I can think of is one tweet that got picked up by tons of people. It was an and the arguments that he got into with James White as well. I think of those. But the one tweet and the response to the tweet that I saw, he he tweeted out a or xed out. Uh, <laughs> A, F underscore O this, underscore that Norman Rockwell painting of the man, and he's like, it's like a city, it's like a city hall, and then there's one man standing up, and he's like, you know, it, it's supposed to be like he's voicing his opinion in a crowd, right. and it's very just pure America. It's Norman Rockwell. It's an Americana painting. Norman Rockwell just it screams 1950s America, but over that or with, with that picture, he tweeted out. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was to the effect of European whites are the sole source uh, or the sole bastion of good Christian morality in the United States. And he then later on added a statistic that said that, yeah, uh, white Americans are the ones who are the most uh, active in church and things. And all I remember was Samuel Say, who runs a blog, Slow to Write, who's a Ghanaian immigrant, um, tremendous writer, if you've never read any of his stuff, uh, responded to that and just called him, just called him out on the blatant Judaism that that is. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that the only people in the United States that are good Christians are white Europeans or white people of European ancestry. That's that's why I don't have any form of desire to look into anything Stephen Wolf says because if that is just an offhand comment he makes, what are his intentional comments, right? Yeah. So. I, I don't I, I'm just I don't understand what he said in that definition that you read. I disagree with it though. <laughs> Dang. Well, okay, so let's go with more of along the lines of what they talked about in that interview. They they went to okay, I'm gonna go no one on this podcast will ever know who this is, but Michael Savage always had a way of describe perfect description of a country uh, or a nation would be border, language, culture. Okay, you got to have all three. You're missing one, you don't have a nation anymore. Okay, and in the interview with Doug and Stephen, which Jeremiah doesn't care about and will never watch, and doesn't care about anything I have to say from here on out because I said that name. Oh, were you talking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they they talked about culture. Yeah. So they said, look, you know, a Christian nation because Doug is all about Christendom. So that's a bunch of Christian nations coming together. And then it's a Christendom by a little bunch of small Christian nations forming that. So they were going back and forth on like the differences between the two and the similarities. Culture was a big thing. So he was they they were talking about, you know, we don't need mass immigration. We don't need to we need to like make sure that we as a country understand what our culture is first, because without that, we can never be a Christian nation. We don't know what our actual heritage or or anything that go what makes us the nation like forget america just any nation what makes our nation a nation is what like what we do what we eat what we speak all those things that's border language and culture so 
it's it's one of those things where it's a it's it's a big deal to them in in that and then they brought up the whole you know you know we can't have mass immigration we can't have a bunch of new people coming in all the time because we need to be figuring out our own kind of a thing to make this work which i'm like okay i understand that but also it's like don't we have to kind of work with what we got when we're when we're building this christian nation Again, it, these the definitions and the ways that they were saying it were like I, I, it's all great in Mamby Pamby land that, but it's it's almost like this Christian nation ideal is just what I said. It's an ideal. It's not an attainable thing with what they're saying because I, I can't see us ever getting. And again, I, I know well. Well, come on, Luke. Like you know, we can pray. God can do a lot. Of, like God can do anything. And I agree with you. I don't see in our lifetime or in my kid's lifetime, ever going away from what we have now in our political system and in our national system, in our state systems, I don't see it. I don't see it changing to more Christian. I understand that we need to fight for more Christians to be involved and to get involved and do these things. But the things that they're talking about and things that are described in Christian nationalism, it's almost like it's an impossible feat because we can't, we can't get there with the forces of evil that are fighting us right now. And I understand, again, anything is possible through Christ. It is. It's just one of those things where we're talking in circles instead of actually going and doing something about it, um, which would be finding those people and electing those people or doing the things just as citizens to make our country more Christian. A lot of the, the Christian nationalist talk does come down to eschatology. Yes, um, just, you Can know, you define eschatology of, the, the for people? The study of end times. Thank you. Different views. Everyone says it, and then it's like, what are you even talking about? Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's not someone. Someone asked me one time if that was. I shouldn't say that. No, yeah, uh, don't, don't say <laughs> it. End times. End times. Study of it, end times. It's the study of end times. But so you know, you and I have different views on that. You would, I mean, just in our discussions in the past, I'm premillennial. Uh, that believe you're premillennial as well. Yes. That believing that Christ's kingdom is to come and that it will be a literal physical reign of Christ on earth for a thousand years. And for me, we vary on how that takes place and when that happens, but the, the other camps are the amillennial, which means there is no real millennial reign, just sort of dust in the wind. I mean, I don't understand it. Vody Bauckham is amillennial, so there must be something there. Uh, and then there's post-millennial, which thinks that when Christ ascended into heaven and he said, the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me on earth and in heaven, that was his literal, he, he was literally saying, God my, is, my the, reign Christ, is now. Yeah, Christ is reigning now. But I, the millennium yeah. is not necessarily a strict thousand years. It is a, an amount of time. And during that time, Christ is bringing all his enemies under his footstool. The last enemy will be death. And when death is brought under uh, under Christ's feet as a footstool, that will be the end of time as we know it and the beginning of all the happenings of Revelation. So with that thought that Christ is literally reigning right now in the post-millennialist camp brings this idea of Christian nationalism easily to the forefront. And people want to say that this is, you know, this is some 
brand new thought who want to straight out disparage Christian nationalism. The better way to argue against Christian nationalism is to look at colonial America and specifically look at Jonathan Edwards, who was post-millennial. He was as post-millennial as post-millennial gets. And Jonathan Edwards was a pastor at his grandfather's church. His grandfather passed away. He was made the pastor. And he was kicked out of his church. He was removed from pastorship because he denied the grandfathering in of Christians based solely on the other people that were they were related to. So, oh, my grandfather was a member of this church? That means that his children and his grandchildren are members. That it, My dad became a member of this church? Doesn't matter if I have a profession of faith. Doesn't matter if I've been baptized or if I'm walking a Christian life. I'm a member of this church, so I'm good. That was that Christi, Christian nationalism 1.0. And Jonathan Edwards flat out disagreed with that. He said, this is not okay. You cannot just allow people in because of that. And in fact, it got so bad to a point that in many states, in many colonies, before they were states, I should say, in many colonies, you couldn't hold public office unless you were a member of a church. So churches, instead of getting people in, uh, allowing people into a church based on their profession of faith, would just sell off memberships of, to their church for a price. That is the Christian nationalism. That form is the history of Christian nationalism that we have in, in America specifically. And that is where I fear we are again now in a different way. Because how many people get farther in office by saying, yeah, I'm a Christian now than they would if they just didn't say anything? You look at presidential runnings today. I have heard multiple times people say, I don't want to vote for Vivek Ramaswamy uh, for president. Not because I disagree with him, but because he's Hindi or he's a Hindu. He's not a Christian. Then I look at everyone else on that stage and I say, but they are? So, well, yeah, of course they are. Yeah. I mean, they That's say facetious, they are. That's facetious, by the way. Don't clip that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're back at that point that we were. Yeah. And we're back at needing someone to come and slap us awake and say, what are you doing? You're just identifying this? And I fully agree with bringing him up again. Vody Bauckham, fully agree with him in his saying that if Christ, if God does not punish the United States for where we are now, he needs to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, 100%. He needs to apologize yeah. to Rome. How many more millions has the United States murdered than Rome? How many? You, you would go to, you had the Colosseum in Rome. And you could go to watch the cool, you know, they'd flood it for naval battles and reenactments and they'd throw Christians to lions and they'd just kill slaves and do all that. You know, you watch Gladiator and it's a cool TV, a cool movie, but, you know, that was a reality. Uh, all that terrible stuff that they did in Rome. Yeah, that that is, the entire history of the Colosseum is minuscule compared to a Tuesday at a Planned Parenthood in Los Angeles. Oh, 100%. So. And, and, we, re and we rejoice. And, oh, yeah. Absolutely rejoice. Ohio just passed their Proposition 
52 or whatever it was, 51, that al- allows for late-term abortion in Ohio. So it's just, it's, we are, we are on the verge of massive punishment because the United States has just out, flat out rejected everything Christ commands. And, you know, you can say, oh, well, the United States is not a Christian nation. The world is Christ's domain, and it doesn't matter whether or not you're a Christian nation, you will pay the consequence for shirking God's law because it is written on your heart what Christ has commanded. I think Every st- man is accountable. Steve Anderson put it... Sorry, Steve Anderson. Steve I'm Anderson. so sorry. Oh, I got Mr. 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 Lawson, I'm so sorry. Steve, La- Steve oh, Lawson. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, I am so sorry. Steve Lawson put it the best uh, to me. It was it was a Roman study that you can listen to on on his app, and I was listening. To, actually, your brother put me onto it, and he talked about. He said, "How much worse is hell for people that live in Dallas, Texas, than someone who lives in a remote island out in the middle of nowhere in, in Africa?" Mm-hmm. And he goes. And for the person anywhere in the United States, he said, it's there everywhere. Everything is right there in front of you and you sit there and spit in it every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same thing. It's, it, it's, it's crazy that we can sit here. We have all of the resources to know these things. We have all the Bible. We have the internet that we can look up anything we want. And we choose debauchery. We choose sin. We choose to be non-Christian. We choose to deconvert. We choose to just not go and follow Christ at all. And how much worse is the punishment for that? For for a nation that knows and has the ability to know, and it's been said to us so much and preached to us, and yet we sit here and we kill our babies and and we and we dance on on the uh, for the happiness of that we bring in all this trash into our schools and teach our children and sexualize them as they're you know only like 4 and 5 years old and and we rejoice for it it's it's so horrible we murder people we we allow that like i said in the beginning we allow these things to happen in our cities we do nothing about it and we just say it's whatever it's it's like the dog this is fine with the flames all around him. Mm-hmm. This is fine. And you know, people are going to listen to this and say, oh, well, you're just talking about gay mirage and you're talking about uh, abortion and LGBTQ stuff. And that's all, you know, that that just proves that you're Christian nationalist. Okay, how about this one? How about the mass incarceration of people for unbalanced weights and measures? Because yeah. unbalanced weights and measures are an abomination to God. That's something that he is, he, he, he despises. And we do that daily to people. They're, they're, they're getting unjust judgments because they're making the, the prison industrial complex, the, the war on drugs that has just destroyed entire communities. Yeah. And destroyed people's lives. I mean, like you said, communities, lives, everything, slavery, slavery, slavery. that continues to go on. And, and, you know, we'll say, oh no, we're fine. No, there, it is allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee you, with the power of the government, if they wanted something to stop, they could stop that. And so this isn't just us ranting about two or three things that are hot-button issues. No. So much of what happens in the United States is an abomination to, the God, to God's sight. And as Christians, we do have a duty to address the government and tell them, Hey, Caesar, what you are doing is wrong. 
However, as Christians, we also have to remember that we are Christ's testimony to the world and that we are what people see. So, yes, point out the abomination of abortion, slavery, of these terrible things that are happening, but don't forget how you do it is just as important as what you're addressing. And that's what Christian nationalism is all about, Charlie Brown. I do want to, before <laughs> we wrap a, up. No, but I know. I'm not saying we have to wrap up. I'm saying that what you just said, that is probably the best definition that we have given on this show. The, the, the secondary tagline to this show is honestly that D.L. Moody quote of always preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Use words, yeah. And that's just that seems, it's such a white girl quote, but it is really a good quote because that's what it means. And that's why when people say, are you a Christian nationalist? My default response is no, I'm a Christian citizen. How and, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like that is the best response because, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a citizen. I'm a Christian. I'm a citizen of a country that I would like to be more, I would like to put more Christ-like things and examples in and save more people and bring about more of Christ's kingdom. Yes, I would love that. You're Christian nationalist. All right, you're racist. All right, yeah. Thank you. So I I do want to say, we're talking about the definitions of Christian nationalism, and I have to just read the Bible's definition of Christian nationalism, if I may, which is Psalm 2. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm 2. Uh, Psalm 2 says, Why do the nations rage and people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord saying, uh, and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations and your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and with rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. How more clear-cut does that get? At the beginning it says, the rulers and kings, yeah, they're, they're against the Lord and his anointed. And then it goes about and says that, yeah, then you will be dashed with iron rods. It goes through what's about to happen to you. And this will happen to you. So because of that, and because of the coming of God's judgment, which is absolutely certain for sinners, whether it's in this life or whether it's in the next, your judgment will come. Because of that, kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. That... That, to me, is so clear-cut as to what the whole Christian nationalism, Christian citizen, theonomy, theocracy, whatever you want to call it, debate. It is not just, you know, 21st century stuff. This is Psalm 2, where it's very clearly saying, 
kings and rulers need to obey Christ and his laws. But if they don't, it's not our job to go out and to overthrow them. God will have his judgment. Right. What a bow, dude. I'm, What's that, a bow? Yeah, we're done. That's great. That was fantastic. I, I'm going to say, again, that definition you gave, even before that, fantastic. Psalms 2, you need to go read it. That's absolutely right there. The complete definition of everything you need to know about Christian nationalism. And we'll get more into it next week. Um because I guess well, I'm skipping ahead. Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Did you not have a loops list? Well, I, I thought we went we went a little over with it, and I was like, "Well, we have like 15 minutes that we have to cut out." Okay, well, I can do a Luke's list. Let's do Luke's list then. Can you hit the horn, please? Luke's list. That is not the noise. What in the world? What was that? A cat? Luke's list. Yeah, that was louder than it normally is. All right, so I've got. Have you? How do you know you've fallen for Christian nationalism? Please, is this a Vice article? Please, let it me is Vice not. Article. It is blog. And choose But choose. <laughs> blog. Choose truth over tribe. Com. Okay, so we got. Uh, they said they're going to do it like a Jeff Foxworthy thing. So you might be a Christian nationalist if. You think America's founders were evangelical Christians. This is misinformation surrounding the faith of the American founders. Uh, read about anyone besides Thomas Jefferson, and also read specifically what John, uh, John Adams stated about the Constitution and how that it only works with a Christian people. Well, but that's the thing is, uh, and again, next week we'll talk more about it. It's If you're going to talk about... Secular national nationalism versus Christian nationalism, in best terms we can use. Um, which one's going to probably give you more more freedom and be fairer to its people? Okay, that's all I have to say. All right, moving on. You want to fly an American flag in the sanctuary? I thought that was a lot of people do that. Why is that? Like I thought a that thing? was a law. Or no, that might just be the churches I've been to. They always hold chapel in the sanctuary for like the school too. Yeah, and I, so they have I, yeah. those, they have that in there for the school, and I, I believe that that's a rule for assembly halls and schools where they have to have the Christian the 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 U.S. flag displayed. But I also think that most places do that. I don't know if it's I don't think it's a law, but I feel like most assembly halls, concert venues do that just because they don't, it's respectful. They don't talk about it. Jesus's church is a worldwide community made up of people from every tongue tongue, tribe, and nation. No country has a privileged position in God's eyes. Okay. Fine. Uh you think Israel. You <laughs> think you think America is God's chosen nation. We already went over that. It's not. Shut up. <laughs> Okay, next next line. You're wrong. <laughs> you, yeah, you're wrong. Sorry. First off, you're wrong. Now shut up. You call yourself an evangelical, but you don't go to church. How does Ooh. that make you a Christian nationalist? That just makes you... Well, no, there's a lot of people that I would... I mean, how many people in D.C. now, like we were talking about? Okay, I get that part, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, just in everyday life... When they call themselves a Christian, and then you don't go to church. There's a sign outside of Montgomery that I'm that's coming to mind. Oh, go to go church, church, or the devil's going to get you. The devil's going to get you. That's right. It's true, though. All right, you think it's wrong to criticize America? Well, what, isn't the whole purpose of Christian nationalism to 
criticized? It's criticizing America and then building upon or not building upon, maybe ripping down and then building upon. I don't know. Again, next week we'll get in more of this stuff. This is a lot more deep dive than we can do right now. You think government zoning laws should allow churches to be built, but not mosques. That wasn't the win they thought it was. I don't think so. <laughs> Religious freedom is for all Americans in all faiths. I, I, here's, here's, a, here's a hot take. I don't care about religious freedom. Dang. I don't, I don't care what, what the government has to say about what religions can be practiced. If I get slingshotted into Iraq, I'm still going to be the same Christian I am here. I would hope, I should say. I would pray. Yeah, you don't know. How dare you? But it's true, though. And what he's saying <laughs> with that just mm, that brunt force of a, of a quote is that he it doesn't matter what the government is going to tell you to do or what you can or can't do. He's going to be a Christian no matter what is what he's saying. Yeah. Is that, is that right what you're saying? Yeah. Just making sure we all understand each other here. You know, I don't want to get anyone like, you know, not understand the definition of Christian nationalism. <laughs> all right. You want mandatory Christian prayers in public schools. Okay, I don't. I'm sure. I guess that would make me a Christian nationalist. Maybe I just want prayer because I like prayer, and I think we should be praying to well, our God. And I, we can we can start with maybe letting children pray for their food at lunch tables. Yeah, without privately. being costed. And then maybe we can talk about other stuff. But this, the, the person writing this list has some. Well, also that that fake was trauma. So that's a huge thing for boomers, where they're like, "Oh, we needed the prayer back in the schools." It's like, guys, like you look at your generation. A lot of it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about gimme, gimme. What can I like? The most I can get out of this life, and I just need a couple more years on me so I can go get that RV and go travel. Like prayer in school didn't do much. I'm just saying, like that's. It's it's great that you're fighting for that. Yeah, I would love that. But you know, maybe we just need to fight for more how about, people how to about be saved. We get some prayer at home first. And yeah. Why don't Why don't we be the example first, and we'll deal with schools later? Like when you're at home, why aren't you praying with your kids? Pray with them. Build that. You're the man. You're in charge. You need to be doing those things. You think immigrants aren't as good as Americans as those who are, or not as good of Americans as those born in the country. I, I I just I don't think that that's a Christian nationalist thing. I think that's just a yeah. That that's where we come to this random like. The, I know what what is the definition of Christian nationalism, and will we ever know? No. Okay, we got two more. You think spiritual revival will be ushered in by a new president? Okay, I can see that. That's fine. Maybe if he's it, it's a, a tyrant. It's, it's Maybe a, if he, well, it's I, also, I think I think the way that that would happen would be if the, we elect a literal tyrant who comes in like Nero, and just starts wholesale slaughtering people, then that would probably bring some form of revival. You believe the Declaration <laughs> of Independence and Constitution are divinely inspired. Ted Cruz's father, Raphael Cruz, said the framers are seeking divine revelation from God. That's why the Declaration and the Constitution have lasted for 230 years, because they were a divine revelation from God. Didn't, didn't Ted Cruz's dad kill JFK? Is that... El, is it El Rato? <laughs> I know, he's a Zodiac killer. I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah, Ted Cruz I forgot what he was. I, like I said, these are just, that's for the, I, I don't think, like, it's like, no. Again, uh, Vody Bauckham, we watched the video that he did. Great video. Look at Vody Bauckham, Christian nationalism. He points out, are you a Christian nationalist? My answer is, 
It depends on who who's asking, what your definition of Christian nationalism is, and a lot of other factors. So it's like, th- this is ridiculous to be like, that's what Christian nationalists are. No, I, I don't think so. I think that, again, it comes down to what's the definition of the person asking, and everyone has a different definition of it, apparently, because everything in this world is so fluid now, Yeah, we can't nail down on things. With that, that is our first episode on Christian nationalism. If you hated it, uh, sorry, buckle up, baby. We're going to be here for probably two more episodes at least. Um, so that was more of a definition one. Next week we'll get into what pros and cons. Yeah, pros and cons. So next week will be definition or will be uh, Christian nationalism, the pros and the cons of what people say are Christian national. What comes with Christian nationalism? How we get there? What it's like to have it? We'll go over the pros and the cons. Where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at First Off You're Wrong. Uh, you can reach out to us in DMs there if you have an idea for an episode. Or you could send us an email at contact at first off you're wrong if you have an idea that you want to uh, put out there for us to cover. Then we would be more than willing to uh, heed your suggestion. <laughs> Not saying we would do it, but we would heed it. Uh, or if you just have a, a question that you'd want to send our way, we'd answer that at either of those places. You can also find us on Twitter at F underscore O underscore Y underscore W. And you can hear us yeah. on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And with that, the most important thing that you all learned today is that first off, you're wrong. Bye-bye.